Today on an episode of Real Ghost Stories Online that is sure to convince you to join a cult. Work your way up the cult to become the cult leader. Convince all of your followers the second coming of Christ was, in fact, Colonel Sanders. Then exactly seven weeks later, poison everyone with tainted Kentucky Fried Chicken. It will be known as the KF Cult Killings of 2028. Did a couple who spent a romantic weekend on a haunted historic site while having a paranormal encounter have their fears confirmed when they could verify the identity of the spirit that visited them late in the night? That story and much more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. Possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That indeed it is. Welcome to the program. Be sure to press subscribe wherever you download podcasts. And if you want access to all of our bonus episodes, advanced episodes, all of it commercial free, including the archive, which is the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories, then uh, become an extra podcast person. You can try it for free on Apple Podcasts right now. Three days free. Uh, You can also get it through ghostpodcast.com. Or Patreon, patreon.com slash realghoststories. You can find a link at ghostpodcast.com. There you get access, like I said, all all the material, all the shows, all of it commercial free, ready for you to binge away on. Tony and Carol Hughes with you on today's episode of the program. What's going on? So another thing that people can do is um, go go on Facebook because we've got a Real Ghost Stories online group so you can connect with other people. And I like to check in there. And so I did today and this, I don't normally out people, but Christina, who I can't really say her whole name, Christina Kurzaniak Browning, she shared the creepiest video ever because I have this creepy feeling about dolls, not cute, adorable dolls you see in Target nowadays, like the old ones. And it's like this whole old timey suitcase full of old timey dolls and they're all singing the same song. Like I will be, I will have a nightmare about that. That I've I've seen the video. Uh, I just just even without audio, it's creepy enough. Right now, I'm looking at it without audio, yeah. and all their little heads are moving together. Yeah, except one or two, they're not moving at all. Just kind of weird. There's like three of them or four that don't move. I don't it's just creepy. I, I, I don't understand sometimes what uh, what people find endearing about certain things, and those dolls. <clears throat> Certainly one of them. It's just, yeah, yeah, don't like them. So I posted on there today. I'm like, well, now I'm going to have nightmares over yeah, this. exactly. But there's something about old creepy dolls. Like I, even the one that I had for a while, that was my grandma's that I had to leave in her suitcase in the garage. I didn't even want to bring it in my house. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, the garage is attached. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing to keep it in the garage, but now it's not here. It went to my sister's house and that's good. And now it's going to randomly sister who show like up. picks up on everything. Just, I'm like, you sure you want this doll in your house? Like it's creepy. Yeah, but it was grandma's. It's going to show oh, up knocking yeah. on your door in the middle of the night. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. I, I, I don't blame you for getting rid of it. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Let's go to our first story. Uh, it uh, starts out by saying I have Always loved New Orleans. Having spent a number of years in Europe, I just had the same feel to it. My wife and I love to spend the nights walking along the narrow streets and among the old buildings lit by the 
flicker gas lamps. We also love to see the grand missions of the past that lined the Mississippi River. One such mansion is the well-known and ever-popular Oak Alley Plantation. I had visited there before. It has a sordid history, but I never felt much in the way of a ghost. This was Rosalinda's first visit to the picturesque complex. It being beautiful and cool, the day we decided to get ourselves a mint julep and walk around the oaks and give this plantation its name. And afterwards, sit on the porch, waiting for the tour to begin. It went as I expected, but this time, while standing at the doors that led out the second-story balcony with the commanding view of the oaks, Rosalinda became faint. She said she was overcome with sadness. The sadness she sensed was coming from someone from a long time ago. She believed her name was Antoinette. Before me, I didn't know what to think. I certainly didn't want to have that conversation among the rest of the tourists cluttering the hall. A moment later, after getting out into the balcony and catching a fresh breeze, Rosalinda seemed to be doing better. I thought perhaps it was just an episode, but the feeling lingered. He explained, Antoinette told me she wants to spend the night and she wanted to see it through living eyes. You can't spend the night here, I told her. I don't think they let anyone do that, or I thought... While getting another well-needed mint julep, we discovered that they do on occasion let tourists spend the night for a price, and tonight was one of those nights. I had to give some weight to what Rosalinda told me now, knowing her about spending the night. Either way, we did not have the money for such an adventure, even if we considered it, which we didn't. And tonight was our last night, the Big Easy. Our first night back home was peaceful. I slept well. I had a dream. Two very strong black men came to me in my dream. I was walking a street that was reminiscent of the French Quarter and a car that seemed dated to the 70s pulled up next to me. That's when the two men appeared from the car. They were dressed in white cloth shorts cut off from below the knees and carried machetes. I got the impression they were from the past. Grabbing me, one said, We want your woman. I broke free of them, waking up. As I opened my eyes, I saw the covers over Rosalinda moving in an unusual way. I figured it was just the dim light coming from the kitchen and my eyes playing tricks on me. Rosalinda struggled under her covers. Seeing this, I woke her from her dream. The following morning, she told me a woman wrapped her up in her sheets and tried to drag her from her bed. That evening, Rosalinda still was curious about the name Antoinette. Looked up some history from Oak Alley. She found out that one of the laundry slaves was named Antoinette. Rosalinda and I knew it now that it all made sense why Antoinette would wrap her up in those sheets and try to drag her off in the dream. Not knowing this brought me chills. I saw her sheets move. There was something unseen that moved things. I saw two men from the plantation in my dream. Everything was tying together. It had to be real, I thought. And Antoinette wanted to see through living eyes. They were trying to possess Rosalinda for that purpose. Rosalinda also told me Antoinette says she loved to walk among the path of oaks. Rosalinda deleted all the photos we've had from Oak Alley. We figured Antoinette could have followed us from the photos. The following evening, we sat down in the living room, visited with my daughter. Rosalinda sitting on the love seat next to her saltwater tank and me with my daughter on the couch. Rosalinda started talking about Antoinette. We figured we cleared the home from her by deleting the photos, but as soon as Rosalinda started mentioning her name, we heard rustling in the kitchen. My daughter and I looked to see what was making such a sound. And just as I zoomed in on the noise, 
I could see a plant in the kitchen shaking violently. It shook for about 15 seconds. All this time, my daughter was climbing higher and higher on the back of the couch. I could feel a buzz take over my body, a fear that one usually only experiences in nightmares, a place where you find situations and creatures that defy logic. But this time, there's no escape. I cannot wake up. My daughter stayed a short time longer, but really could not wait to leave. She was visibly shaken. Rosalinda had the house blessed, and we had no more of Antoinette. We visited Oak Alley since the haunting, and Antoinette is still there, roaming the mansion and walking among the oaks, still looking for someone to help her see the world once again through living eyes. Well, that would be a fun family getaway. So, did you happen... Well, you couldn't do it because you were reading, but I looked it up. You should Google it. Oak Alley Plantation. It is one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. And haunted as shit. And haunted AF. Because then I Googled Oak Alley Plantation and I put H. And it's like haunted, hauntings, haunted. (laughs) Interesting. It's so, yeah, it's a very... They say... Um, haunted by many individuals but it's absolutely stunning like I would love to go there yeah but you know that's a thing too when you go to a place like that could I always think that could something like stick to you or what however you want to phrase that yeah attach itself itself to you and go and follow you out yeah it happens quite often right like no way like it's gorgeous, but no way would you give me a spin the night. No, no way. No. No, but and, man, I would tour it. I, I would definitely would tour it. I there's yeah, there's certain things I don't. Uh, I'm good without spending the night there. But I, when you think of a plantation home, and you imagine all of the horrendous things that happen to people. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like a great little place to work and raise a family. You know, it was like. There's some shit that probably went on at that house that was very, very dark and horrific. You know, yeah. they would have had slaves back in the day. And, exactly. Yeah, I think know. that, yeah, some of that, the vibes with all that, wouldn't want it. I just, yeah, I, I can do without. But great story. Thank you for that. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to a caller. Hi, to your ghost story. Hey, Tony. Hey, Carol. Um, my name is Rolando. I'm from L.A. Um, I used to be a security guard in uh, 2003 uh, here in the L.A. area. I used to work for a, a major hospital here. Um, so uh, they had sent me to a clinic. Uh, it was a construction site. They were uh, about to finish... Um, construction. It was almost about to be open, uh, but I I took that shift. It was a graveyard shift, and it was me and my partner. I would start at 11, and um, it was in East LA. So this clinic um, was uh, almost pretty much done. Uh, we had we were set up in a trailer in the parking lot outside, right in front of that clinic. Um, so, you know, uh, I had the keys to open and, and close the main doors. So uh, one night, uh, me and my partner were just sitting there in the trailer 
uh, just, you know, talking and stuff. And then uh, we look at the building, and um, it looks like one of the lights in one of the rooms is flickering on the second floor. It was only two stories. The building was two stories, and um, it wasn't that big, but uh, the doors were locked. You know, I was the only one with the key. So there was lights flickering on the second floor, uh, and I look at my partner, and I'm like, you see that? And he's like, yeah, what the hell's going on? So uh, we're like, whatever, you know, we, we kind of brushed it off, and then we just kept talking and stuff, and then all of a sudden, we see the lights flickering on the first floor, and we're like, what is that? Like, what's going on in there? And uh, my buddy was like, I don't know, man, you want to check it out? And I was like, sure, why not? Let's just go in there and, you know, whatever it is. It's probably faulty wire or something because it was a new building. So um, so I get my keys and uh, we walk towards the front of the building. I open the door. Uh, we both go inside and then I close it and lock it uh, just to make sure that nobody else enters the building. Uh, it's around 1.30 in the morning. Um, once we enter the lobby area, uh, I hear whistling. Somebody was whistling a tune on the second floor. So if you're standing in the middle of the lobby and you look up to, towards the second floor, you can see a little balcony around the second floor. Uh, and, uh, and then there's a stairwell to your left, uh, an open staircase, I'm sorry, to the left-hand side, and you can just walk up to the second floor. So we heard that whistling, and we're like, what the hell is that? So uh, I told him, you want to go up there and check? And he's like, yeah, let's go. So we walk up there slowly, and uh, the whistling stops. All of a sudden, we hear a door slam, and it was coming from one of the restrooms. And uh, I was like, whoa, there's somebody in here. Like, we need to go check out the restroom. And he's like, let's go. So we both open the door, push open the door to the restroom. And the first thing I do is I look under the stalls. Um, I don't see no feet. I don't see anybody in there. Um, then we start opening every stall door. It was like four of them. We open all of them, and there's nothing, no one in sight. So we're all kind of creeped out. And we're like, man, this is uh, this is weird, you know. Um, so we're like, uh, let's just go around the second floor and uh, check out, you know, the hallways and the rooms. So we we open the door to the restroom. We're going out to the hallway, and uh, we hear a beeping sound coming from the first floor, a loud uh, beep sound, uh, noise. I'm sorry, and. Uh, it sounded like uh, in a hospital or a clinic, uh, they have this pool station inside of every bathroom or every uh, uh, room, you know, every patient room. Uh, just in case a patient needs help, falls or whatever, they can pu pull that cord. The light on top of the room uh, lights up, flashes, and you hear this loud uh, beeping sound. So, you know, the nurses could hear it and go to the room. So um, we hear that that sound coming from the first floor, and we just look at each other, and we're like, what the hell? Are they messing with us? So we run down the stairs 
go up towards that sound, and it's on one of the uh, one of the ends of the clinic. It was uh, one of the nurses' stations. So we run towards the nurses' station, and I see uh, the light flashing, and it was coming from a restroom. Um, I go ahead and uh, open the restroom, and there's nobody in there. Uh, so at this point, uh, me and my partner are like kind of like freaking out because we're like, all right, whoever's in here, they're playing games with us. Um, we don't. We didn't think it was uh, uh, somebody human, you know. Like it had to be something from out of this world because this was just too weird. There's no way uh, there could be sounds coming from the second floor. And then all of a sudden, they're coming from the first floor. The whole building is on lockdown because, uh, you know, we made sure all the doors are locked. I have the keys. So there shouldn't be anyone in there. And we're hearing noises coming from all sides of the building. So I looked at my partner and I was like, you know what? This is getting a little too freaky. Why don't we just exit the building and I just monitor it from outside, you know? So he's like, yeah, man, let's get out of here. So we start walking towards the side exit of the building, um, and there's a stairwell right before you hit that exit door to uh, exit the building. Uh, so we had to pass through that stairwell. So we opened the first uh, door to go into the stairwell, and um, the stairs are made out of metal, and it's like going up to the second is going up to the roof. Uh, you could clearly hear somebody walking. If there was somebody walking on the metal stairs, so when we're inside that room before exiting, we hear steps on the on those metal stairs on that metal staircase. And you could hear uh, somebody going up or down. Uh, so me and my partner just paused, and we were just listening, looking at each other. And we waited about five seconds, and we hear this loud scream. It was the craziest scream you've ever heard. It didn't sound human. It kind of sounded from another world. I don't know how to explain it, but it was pretty loud, and it just sounded weird. It was kind of like a growl, but but a scream at the same time. Um, like, whatever was in there didn't want us in there, or they just really wanted to freak us out. Um, so right when we heard that, me and my partner just ran out that exit door. We pushed that door open as hard as we could. It swung and slammed against the, the wall. Uh, me and him ran out towards our trailer and at this moment, it's probably around 2 in the morning. <clears throat> so we're all freaked out, me and him, outside. And uh, I'm like, there's somebody in there. Like, what do you want to do? He's like, I'm not going back in there. So he's like, I suggest uh, you call our supervisor um, and see what he wants us to do. So I went ahead and called my supervisor. It was like 2 in the morning. He picks up. And I explained to him uh, what happened um, on our patrol inside the building. And the uh, first thing he told me was just uh, was uh, call the sheriff's department. Uh, 
instance, uh, there was a sheriff's station about a couple of blocks down the street right next to the um, clinic. He said, call them and um, have them check it out. So I went ahead and called them. I called the sheriff's department, and in about, let's say, five minutes, the whole place was surrounded. There was at least uh, 10 to 15 uh, patrol vehicles. Uh, there was a chopper uh, sur surrounding the building. Uh, they brought a canine unit. Uh, once the officers came up to me, they asked me what was going on. I told them, I explained to them uh, that we walked in there. We heard noises on the second floor, on the first floor. Uh, we heard a scream. And they were like, okay, we're going to go and check it out. We're going to take a canine. Um, so um, if there's somebody in there, we're, we're sure to get them, you know. So um, I was like, all right. So I gave them the keys. They went they went inside the building, uh, and there was about five of them, five officers and a canine. And I uh, we saw them from the outside uh, checking every room uh, on the first floor and the second floor. Uh, it took them about 35, 40 minutes to do a whole sweep of the building. Uh, after that, they came back out, and uh, they were like, um, they came they came out empty-handed. So, obviously, there was nobody in there because they would have came out with somebody or there was somebody in there. And one of the officers came up to me and told me that they did a sweep, a thorough sweep of every room in that building, and he said they did not see anything, but he said that uh, their canine uh, was going crazy. Like he was, he said that his canine felt a presence. He knew that his dog knew that somebody was in there. Um, he couldn't uh, visually see him, but uh, the dog felt somebody there because of the way he was acting. Um, so, I saw the officer's face. He was kind of weirded out as well. Uh, he didn't know, like, how to explain the situation either. But he told me that there was something weird going on in there. And um, if I did hear another noise or see anything else, to just go ahead and call them again. But um, after that, um, every time I would come to work, uh, I would avoid going into the building because I was kind of freaked out. Uh, at one point, a month later, they took out the uh, trailer that we were uh, staying in because the building had just finished being built and it was open already. So I was still working the graveyard shift in the building uh, because uh, there was uh, maintenance coming in and uh, the cleaning people would come around 12 midnight to clean the building. So there was somebody needed to be there to open the doors. So um, I would work. I would still come in at 11, and uh, I would be posted up in the lobby area. And I would still hear that whistling. It would, I would hear the faint whistling on the second floor, and I could occasionally hear doors opening and closing uh, when it was just me inside the building. Uh, after that, um, I had a... Uh, something happened when the cleaning people uh, were on the second floor and I was outside patrolling. Uh, one of the ladies came down and uh, asked me if there was any other people working inside the building. 
I told her, no, it was just me. And she said uh, it was kind of weird because she was uh, cleaning the rooms on the second floor and her partner was on the first floor. And she said that every time she would start passing the vacuum, somebody would pull the cord off the wall. Uh, she thought that her partner was playing a prank on her and to kind of find out that the, her partner was on the first floor. So there's no way her partner could have been playing a prank on her. She said it happened two to three times, and then she kind of got freaked out, and that's when she came down and asked me if there was anybody else in the building. And I went on to tell her that it was just us. So she was kind of freaked out, and um, after that night, I did not see them anymore. I saw a new cleaning crew, so I'm pretty sure uh, she got freaked out and didn't want to didn't want to go back to that place. Um, after that, years after that, uh, I started working for this clinic. Uh, I, I used to do um, the distribution side of this uh, hospital. But they would send me to this clinic. I would go every week uh, to distribute uh, medical supplies. I would talk to the uh, the, the officer that was stationed at that building and he went on to tell me that he would see a lot of freaky things. He said that one day him and a nurse were walking down the hall in the first floor and they saw this uh, a big like a basketball sh shaped um, basketball sized orb uh, floating out of a door. Uh, he said it was a black orb. Uh, he said it was coming, it came out through the door and it was coming towards them in the hallway. Him and the, nor the nurse saw it. So he said, uh, he goes, I'm not crazy. Uh, there was a nurse that saw it with me and what we saw. And, uh, yeah, everybody says that clinic is haunted. Uh, I don't know if there was a, a it's uh it was built in some type of uh cemetery or, or you know or Indian Indian burial ground uh it probably has a lot of history because a lot of stuff does happen there um and a lot of people have seen a lot of uh weird things so uh all right I'm just going to leave you guys with that hopefully this uh, one airs and I hope to hear it on the radio. All right, guys, have a good one. Thank Bye. you uh, for sharing that story with us. Uh, a lot in that. and Damn, that was so creepy. Yeah. Like, the way he told it was so good. Like, I was 100% invested in that story sure. the whole way through. Yeah, I, hospitals and things of that nature. And you can visualize what. it, too, as he he's can. talking about it. Like, you got, you know, you could see it. And then when he called the cops, I was like, because I thought he was going to say when he called his boss, mm -hmm. the boss would have been like, yeah, I didn't tell you about that. Yeah. But he didn't. He said, call the cops. But then when the cops go in and the dog reacts to it, I thought that was interesting. The pets know. Absolutely. I was just having a conversation the other day uh, with, I don't remember who. But somebody that's in the investigative world over on the uh, the grave talks, and uh, they were talking about how the animals uh, you know are reacting in various situations. And I said, why is it that you know investigators or whatever you know you want to call someone who's involved in that uh, 
why don't they use more animals? You know, because we do seem to, even the ones that may not be the most sensitive, they do seem to pick up on things better than we do as people. You know, oh, or, yeah, or, that's or, true. You know, or we could be, you know, just following flies as well. You know, if that's what the dog sees, then you're not investigating a ghost with fly, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I would just think that there, I'm, I'm surprised there's not more use of dogs or animals in general uh, when it comes to paranormal investigating. Because there always seem to be some of the most interesting tells in a haunted house or somebody saying, you know, I'm on my bed and then my cat starts looking at something and following it back and forth. You know, you could, I think, certainly use animals very humanely. They probably enjoy it, uh, getting out and doing some stuff uh, in, uh, in, in things like this. As soon as you did that, my cat jumped up here <laughs> and is purring into the microphone. Go they ahead. know things. I know, right? I know. But I just think that, you know, part of it too, you know, I think I think animals are really interesting as far as, you know, like I've heard people talk about they started dating someone new and their dog didn't like them. I'm like, well, shit, then you can't date that person because mm -hmm. your dog's picking up on something that you're not. Yeah. And so to me, like if somebody ever, if my dog, well, if I had one, um, but you know what I'm saying? Like if yeah. Buddy would have ever reacted to someone, that that's way. just not a possibility to date that person. Yeah. And it's the same in a house. Like if your dog's, and we hear it all the time though, people, it's not investigators, but people who are living in the houses, like the animal bark at something that's not there or, mm -hmm. you know, react to something that isn't there. Cause I think they're seeing something that ain't there that we're not seeing. Yeah. And they can, their their sensitivities to things. I bet dogs could help solve crimes. Get some dogs trained uh, by living, having them live close to a serial killer uh, or or whatever. Just pick the, the crime that the person has done a lot of and get the dog used to that emotion and, and that energy from a person like that. Uh, and then get them out. And we got a lineup of people here. These are some suspects. Bring the dog around. You know, just like they'd sense for drugs or smell for that. Uh, sense for rapist. <laughs> sense for... <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, like the here, guy in, in yeah. Chicago that was the clown Wayne something. Yeah, John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. yeah. So he's burying all those people in the house. Like, people walking their dogs by, their dogs had to have been smelling that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and even some people, it seems like, would have smelled that. I just but, think it'd be um, interesting if we could have them help direct us, you know, as to who suspects are. Like, and the dog, uh, 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 the canine uh, psychological investigator, uh, pointed uh, to high probability that this man was the rapist based on his reactions. Uh, <laughs> just be like, it's a dog lie detector. But you did bring up a really good point, though, about, like, all these paranormal people. You never hear them taking dogs with them. No, you don't. It's interesting, because it just seems like a no brainer. Like your dog's going to pick up on it. Yeah. I mean, and maybe they want it to be really quiet, but you know, most dogs after a certain age, they're just hanging out. And if they're barking at something, it's because they're reacting to it. Yeah. I mean, I think it just kind of depends what you're trying to pick up and what you're trying to study. If you're going for EVPs, maybe a dog's not the best. Uh, but if you're trying to like, maybe use some other device to get uh, information through, I don't know. I think there'd be more ways of doing it. There needs to be, a real Scooby-Doo, and I think that would be awesome. <laughs> All right. That, 
Exactly. All right, that's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. Sign up through Apple Podcasts, and you can try it for three days free. Get access to all the bonus episodes, advanced episodes, all of it ad-free. You can also sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash Stories. You get access to all of the material to binge away on with no ads right now. Until next time, for Carol and all of us at Real Ghost Stories Online, I'm Tony Bruschi. Thanks for listening.